Animal Magnetism, exploring animal care for creatures great and small, conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, listeners, once again to this episode of Animal Magnetism. I am your preservationist, conservationist host, Carolyn Hennessy, joined once again, as I always am, every every Sunday by my producer, dearest friend, writer for ABC's General Hospital, my goodness, the hats that this woman wears, Andrea Compton, coming to us from her... Coming to us from her home uh, in in very very close to Seattle, where the weather is just lay it on us. How is it now? Today is a beautiful, beautiful. Sunny That's enough. Day. I don't need to know anymore. Thank you very much because it's because we are roasting. You are roasting and you're on fire. We are roasting and, and we are on fire. Fun fact: uh, I was I was doing a film, um, wonderful film, all this past week, and we were filming in Santa Clarita. And on Friday, as uh, the billows of smoke started pouring over the adjoining hill to this compound where we were filming, I just looked up and said, does anyone think maybe we might want to evacuate? It's like, and the owners of the home said, no, 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 it's fine. The fires usually never reach us. And I thought, thought, well, that's that's just very, very interesting. before before we get to our uh, wonderful, wonderful guest, and I have a feeling this hour is going to fly by, and so I am going to insist, without her even being, I think, on air right now, is, 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 is Robin on? Is Robin on? Hello, Dr. Robin Gansert. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? With, uh, fine. Without, before we get... Before we get into the full introduction of of you and who you are and what you are all about, um, I have a, a, fu- a sort of a bit of fun bit of business because we have a new sponsor to the show. This is their second week with us, and it's Nina Chocolates. It's it's, pron- it's spelled H N I N A, but it's pronounced Nina. And and I I always I tell the my fine friends at Nina that I will open the box on the air. Well, I will, but that doesn't mean, as you will see. Because there's a piece missing that I haven't opened it beforehand and 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 eaten it uh, I, when it arrives, usually a couple of days before the show, I simply cannot resist breaking into it. Let me just tell you a little bit about <laughs> Nina Gourmet Chocolates. Oh, my goodness. My little heart goes pitter pat. Nina Gourmet is the healthiest, most delicious gourmet chocolate on planet Earth, possibly in the universe. That's Nina, but it's spelled with an it's spelled with a silent H. So it's H followed by N I N A. And I met these guys, I must tell you, at the Beastly Ball a few weeks ago at the Los Angeles Zoo and they had been stationed close to the orangutan exhibit. And the reason was very logical because Nina, unlike pretty much every other chocolate manufacturer, does not use palm oil in their product. They use no palm oil whatsoever. In fact, they are completely vegan. And so it was a really interesting lesson that amazing chocolate can be found without palm oil. And as we all know, palm oil plantations are the ruin of of orangutan habitats and orangutan species. So uh, once again, you want to to buy Nina because of 
A, for, for no other reason than they don't use palm oil. They make insane organic truffles made of raw cacao and sprouted nuts or seeds with just a bit of raw honey and pure maple and pure vanilla. No other ingredients or additives. No emulsifiers, waxes, refined sugar, dairy. Hello, vegan. No coloring, nothing. Just pure, clean, pristine, amazingly nutritious ingredients. And as I will show this box again, it's like, look at this assortment. <laughs> this assortment is ridiculous. Twelve different truffles. They call them rocks. They've got boulders and rocks. <clears throat> they have almond, hazelnut, macadamia, pistachio, Brazil nut, almond, and coconut, pistachio, hazelnut. You name, you name the nut combination and they've got it. They pair amazingly with wine or coffee or tea, brandy, scotch, if you are of a mind like that. They use sprouted nuts and seeds, which come alive with even more nutrients and enzymes. We are actually, by the way, not supposed to eat unsprouted grains and seeds. Surprise! No other chocolate company else. Ha, uh, no other chocolate company has sprouted nuts or seeds in their chocolates. Only Nina, and for them, it's about being the absolute best. No cutting corners, no sparing costs, and all of their packaging is compostable. They are in some high-end stores in Los Angeles and New York, but it's best to go to their website. That's www.hninagourmet one word dot com, and my listeners get a twenty percent discount. Animal 20, all caps, Animal 20 at Nina Gourmet, Animal 20. They also have pure chocolate bars for anyone who doesn't eat nuts or seeds. Same pristine ingredients, 88% dark cacao, all vegan. And for pure vegans who don't eat honey, they have a line that is sweetened only with maple. I mean, these guys are off the chain, seriously. It's total guilt-free pleasure, and they are incredibly satiating. So remember, www.nina, but that's Nina with an H, H-N-I-N-A, gourmet.com. And use the code ANIMAL20 for my listeners. Well, I got to tell you, it just thrills me to even be able to say that. And guess what? I get a box every every show. <laughs> I'm so happy. And it's a shame, Andrea, that you're not here. Oh, what a shame that you can't share it. I know. All right. On, on to, uh, that was good, but now we get even better. We are so thrilled today to welcome, doc, to welcome Dr. Robin Gansert to the show. She is the president and CEO of... American Humane Association, which I am beyond honored. I am humbled, actually, to have been asked to become a celebrity ambassador for the American Humane Association uh, just recently. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go and speak uh, in front of Congress, in front of uh, on, on Capitol Hill, for their new uh, Humane Conservation Initiative, which we will talk, which we, which we will talk about in just a moment. But Robin, once again, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, oh, Carolyn, uh, thank you for having me. And that chocolate does sound absolutely yes. delicious. Okay, promo code, <laughs> promo code. You've got it all now. Nina Gourmet, <laughs> Animal 20. And, and trust me when I say this. <clears throat> Listen, this is actually, aside from the plug, I tasted their chocolate at the Beastly Ball and literally started, started vibrating. I, I, my consciousness was raised. I was vibrating at a different level. It is so spectacular. Um, and it's not like eating a Snickers bar, you know, where your body just, your, your blood sugar goes up and, you're, and you crave, crave more. And it's so, really, I mean, it's unhealthy for you. It's just not. I mean, Robin, well, you just wait. In fact, maybe if I, when I, when I come back, I'll, I'll bring you a box. Um, but, oh, but, the, but how long have you been with the American Humane Association now? I've been with American Humane now for five and a half years. It's been uh, the best five and a half years of my life serving this 
incredibly noble mission, that's for sure. I can I can only imagine it has been. I've seen your offices, I've seen what you do, and uh, being so close to Capitol Hill and being able to hopefully change some hearts and minds that are in control of various initiatives and, and, and you know, the, the lawbreakers. I mean, the, law, the lawbreakers. Well, it may be in some, in some cases they are, but the lawmakers, the lawmakers of this country. Yeah, we don't want to necessarily go there today. Um, and Andrew's going to ask you a little bit about the history, but I just want to sort of lay out logically for my listeners, the American Humane Association, uh, Humane Association, people normally think of it as animals and solely animals. You hear about a humane association, animals. But it's basically a three-pronged trident, and then from there, each of those prongs has many, many aspects, many subsets to it. And the three prongs are children, which people forget about, and animals, mm-hmm. and then probably f- for my listeners, what is possibly the most important, the, hu- the animal-human bond, the animal-human interaction. So those are the three main prongs of the AHA. Would you, would you say that that is correct? Absolutely. And we've been working, the oldest national humane organization, working on innovative solutions for communities impacting our most vulnerable now for 140 years. Yeah, and, 140 and years. I think Andrea has a, has a few questions about, about the history of AHA for you. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. because I was doing a little reading and I did not realize personally that this is the oldest uh, national humane organization established back in 1877. What I found so interesting, and, and Carolyn mentioned it, was the story of Mary Ellen Wilson, which was the beginning of the children's portion, the protection of the children part of your organization. Um, if, if Can you tell us a little bit, just a quick story about how Mary Ellen Will, Wilson, how she is a part of your group? Well, you know, this was one of the first horrific child abuse scandals that made headlines across our country back in the late 1800s. This child had been so abused. In fact, in our historical archives, we even still to this date have those uh, reported scissors that were used to uh, as part of that abuse. I mean, this was a horrific case, and the uh, the adults in her life were prosecuted under believe it or not, friends, animal cruelty laws that were set in place thanks to American Humane Association. So when we learned this and we were asked to be part of of, uh, this horrible criminal trial, because, again, the laws used to protect animals were used in the case for Mary Ellen, we said this has got to change. So we were out there fighting for the first child abuse laws in this country. In fact, it was American Humane who uh, secured the rules to get children off of the factory full force in the Industrial Revolution. It was American Humane who worked with the federal government to actually legally define child abuse and set the standards for all 50 states back in 1950. So this has been, you know, this whole child welfare uh, community was really started by American Humane, and it started with that infamous child abuse case. And to this day, it still gives me the shivers when I think about that poor child and I think about the abuse she suffered, and I also think about abuse happening in all communities around our country to the most vulnerable, those who don't have a voice. 
And a lot of us think humane means animals, but back in the 1800s, humane meant anybody who didn't have a voice. Very true. And this was children and animals. So, mm-hmm. so, so the humane the humane association started started with animals, but it was the Mary Ellen case that that brought children into the mix. Absolutely, we well, said right away then that we had to work for children too. A- Andrea had the task of of really researching the uh, the children prong of of the trident and. <laughs> I don't know if my listeners, my watchers probably, well, they'll be able to tonight see my face because I was not aware of the Mary Ellen case and and the idea of scissors. And that yep. just, that just basically, st- I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not quite sure I'm actually recovered from that yet. Um, yeah. And and I don't know that I necessarily want to know exactly what happened to this child, but uh, but I think probably I will I will go and research it, and and li- and listeners, why don't you research it as well to understand exactly uh, how, for for 140 years the amazing work that AHA has been doing. Um, let's let's go on, Andrea. Did you have any other questions about about with regard to children? Because I'll tell you something, the children the children programs the programs that you've got. Um, the State of America's Children, a qualitative research study examining adults' views on the top threats facing children, canines in childhood cancer, mm-hmm. national military family camps, life humane heroes club, clubs, lost kids. Mm-hmm. What you do for kids is, is an equal, I mean, is, is, equal, is equal to the work that you do for animals. Uh, and it's and it's it's, it's well it's well it's it's extraordinary it's ex- if, and both and both are so important because as you say and what this show is all about it is giving a voice to the voiceless and children mm-hmm. even children have a bit of a voice not much but animals have none they have they have Absolutely. no voice they are only able to tell with with you know screams and mm-hmm. whimpers and things like that and 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 most people do not pay attention so that's that's what this show is all about: getting people to simply pay attention. Um, and Carolyn, you mentioned you mentioned our canines and childhood cancer study. Yes, I want to just share with you that this is the first study of its kind, its first clinical trial that's actually working to prove the efficacy of the use of animal-assisted therapy for kids facing the battle of their lives, and that's cancer. I mean, as a as a mom, uh, I would think the most worst thing that could happen is hearing that word cancer after a hospital visit and that that is a diagnosis for your child so i can't yeah. imagine yeah for my child i have three and i i'm just so personally tied to this study this was part of my dream and uh, one of my board members dr mike mcfarland when we first met my first month on the job he and i got together on the back of a napkin we said what is our dream for american humane and we said let's work to prove that animal assisted therapy can help save lives make children's lives better in their worst of circumstances and so we developed this clinical trial and we are going to have the findings the study concludes december of this year we're going to have the findings released in early 2017 and i know all of your listeners are going to love to hear those findings because uh, this is again the first ever quantitative uh clinical trial to really show this incredible power, the healing power of the child-animal bond. I'm just so proud and honored to be part of this well, study. Well, and again, I am, I am proud and honored to be associated with you. It is, again, I'm, I, I use the word humbled, and that's, that's not, uh, that is simply not too dramatic. Um, Andrea, let's, let's take this um, 
animal-human bond, the animal-child bond, and, and, and push it a little further. And let's talk about the Hero Dog Awards because that and, 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 and the work that AHA is doing with our, our, our returning troops and our military personnel because you've got programs in place to, 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 for uh, vets to be, be paired with a companion dog. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. We sure do. Yeah. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite. Well, actually, all my programs are my favorite. So I say this. <laughs> I know. And you, and, and you have so many, many, many programs. You just do. <laughs> I do. I do. This is Wax for Patriots. What an awesome name is that? And, you know, I think about these incredible men and women who are serving on the front lines in the most unimaginable of circumstances in this horrible war on terror. And they're serving in North Africa. They're serving in Egypt. They're serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. And they're even serving in Europe, which we wouldn't have said was a terrorism theater not, a year or two ago. Not, 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 not maybe now. up until about a year ago, exactly. Yeah, That's right. So when I think about these men and women and what they go through, we know that they come back facing horrible, invisible wounds of war. They may look great on the outside as they did, but when they went off to fight, they come back and they're facing challenges of PTS and TBI, these new, you know, these new definitions of PTS and TBI that we're learning with this, by the way, this continued drumbeat of war. These people have multiple deployments, unlike any time in our history, because these people, we've been fighting the war on terror since, you know, 9-11. So we have been on the front lines for a long time, and these these young men and women have been facing multiple deployments. They come back wounded, and I believe in the healing power of a leash. So we're working hard to provide these service members with trained service dogs when they return. Right now, there's a two-year wait list for a wounded warrior to come back and get a service dog. And so American Humane is fighting to right that wrong. And we're also fighting to provide the first-ever national training standards for these service dogs. So there's not a national agreed-upon service standard for how a dog should be trained for a wounded warrior facing PTS. So we're working to resolve that this fall with the convening of national leaders and animal training, national medical experts in PTS, uh, and animal behaviorists. And we're going to bring all of those folks in a room together and create the first-ever national dog service dog training standards for those with PTS. And I'm really excited to report back to you, Carolyn, on that incredibly inspirational work. Well, and you're going outcome. to be on the show many, many times, I have a feeling. So just, you know, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> start, start marking your calendar right now. I was, I, I was speaking of um, animal, uh, service animals. I was lucky enough when I was back there uh, just, just a few weeks ago. Uh, to launch the Humane Conservation Initiative to help with that launch, to have uh, dinner with uh, Axel, Axel and his his human handler, and uh, yes. and 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 can can you talk a little bit? He's I believe this 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 young young man. I think he is a lance corporal. I'm I'm not. I'm, he is a captain. He's a, a captain. Captain. I, I, a captain. I was wrong. Yes. <laughs> I I went I went down. I think I went down in rank. Forgive me. <laughs> We, we won't tell him we, that. We won't tell him that. We'll just, <laughs> I just remember him being so, uh, and, and, and he's very, very forthcoming about the fact that he is suffering from PTSD. But Axel, 
was right there with him. And forgive me, what his his name again is Captain Captain Jason Haig. Yes, Captain Jason Haig and his I I was just so focused on Axel to be perfectly honest with you. This astonishing yeah. <laughs> beautiful German shepherd and there and there they are. Um beautiful German shepherd who was yeah. who was so beautifully behaved responded to every every nuance of 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 Jason's every, every movement and was just right there for him and Jason is leading is leading this charge he's leading this he's leading this this initiative correct Absolutely Carolyn I'm so glad you all had had you had a chance to have dinner with with Jason and Axel well, I, I, have, I had dinner with, with Axel I had dinner with Axel Jason, <laughs> Jason just happened to you be know, there <laughs> that, That's what I tell Jason I said my favorite employee is Axel, is Axel. You know, he's like do you even want me here and <laughs> I'm true. like of course we do Jason but we certainly all exactly. love that beautiful service dog Axel and I want to tell you quickly Carolyn and your listeners Axel, beautiful German shepherd, trained to be the service dog for this amazing war hero that is Captain Jason Haig. What I love about their story, uh, there's so many things I love, but a great message for animal lovers is that Axel was one week away in an animal shelter from being euthanized. So talk about a second chance at life for both ends of the leash. Axel was rescued from an animal shelter and trained to be a a beautiful German shepherd. You're wondering what happened in his life that he ended up in a animal shelter. And then you look at Captain Haig, healing powers on both ends of the leash, and both had a second chance at life because of their relationship. Uh, so I think this is probably some of the most poignant and timely work that we do at American Humane today is to really understand the healing power of the bond for our most courageous and that's our you know our wounded warriors those, those warriors choosing to serve our country in these most challenging of times absolutely captain haig was a big time commander uh in the marines multiple tours of duty in iraq and afghanistan blown up personally he wasn't a dog handler in iraq and afghanistan he was a marine captain leading troops into battle yeah most you know horrific stories of of attacks and gunfire that this young man, you know, went through, came back a father of three, found himself on 32 pills, you know, to handle his, uh, his multi multitude of issues with PTS and TBI and pain. Many of those were narcotics. And as you can imagine, his body and his emotional self shut down. He found himself hauled up in a basement, right. not being a dad right. to those precious kids. Right on the verge of divorce, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what happened was Axel entered his life, and look at him now. Yes, yes, absolutely. It just goes to show that both animals and, I mean, it really doesn't almost really matter the circumstance of the animal. In, in, in I would say, 99.9% .9 of the cases, with positive reinforcement training, some love, any animal can be brought to the sort of the, the state of Axel, uh, brought, mm -hmm. be, be, be trained to be attentive, loving, responsible, and, 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 and simply a wonderful animal. And absolutely, Jason deserves nothing less because, as, as, as I say on this show all the time, our, our fighting men and women do what what I could never do. 
uh, I, I, I couldn't get up in the morning and place myself in the line of fire. And they are the ones that actually allow me to be able to speak freely and to do this show and to have opinions and to, uh, you know, to be able to sleep safe at night. Uh, so, again, here's just a, a, a salute to our, to our military forces. Thank you. Thank you so much. But um, get on the waiting list if you need to. It's a two-year wait, but maybe uh, mm-hmm. maybe once we get those uh, those protocols in place for for animal training, maybe we can start uh, shortening that wait time, hopefully a little bit, and getting those animals to the our service men and women who desperately need them coming home from, as you say, like any like no other time in history. These are multiple tours that they're going on. It's not like just simply going over there and coming back and then sending other people over there. No, they keep going and going and going, and uh, mm-hmm. and and they and they do come back. With so many issues that you know, I we I can't even I can't even wrap my mind around it. So wonderful, our ser- serving our men and women in the military, the the American Humane Association. God bless. Um, so un- underneath the animal prong of the of the trident, which is children, animals, and animal human interaction, uh, we now have. Um, the Humane Conservation Initiative. We're going to get to the Hero Dog Awards, and we're going to get to No Animals Were Harmed, and we're going to get to factory farming, hopefully. But Mm -hmm. I really want to talk about what is probably maybe even the fourth prong, which is the Humane Conservation Initiative. I was lucky enough to be asked back to, to be able to interact with Congress and talk about this and how important this is, because this is something, this is cutting edge, this is a program, and any zoological facility can ask to have a pre-audit and then ask to have an audit. And, and these, are, these are the two phases of this program. So any zoo, any, any I, I believe accredited or not, but, but anyone can ask for this, and that is you apply to the American Humane Association, you say, come take a look at my facility, and you send out, mm-hmm. you, and they have to fill out an extensive paperwork. And then, and then an auditor is sent out, and everything is checked. Everything is audited as, as it would, as how it relates to the animal's point of view. Not was it, what is in the best interest necessarily of the facility, not what is in the best interest of the, pa- of, of, of the patron's experience, the patron's zoological facility-going experience. It is what is in the best interest of the animal. And that is I mean I think we've just taken a, a, a light year a, a leap a huge light year leap forward in our in our yeah. in our care wouldn't you um Karen by the way you were a rock star on Capitol Hill <laughs> an absolute rock star on the hill I didn't expect any less but you were a wow 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 and and that event you know thanks to your participation we had. Uh, over you know hundreds of of guests from Capitol Hill and our and our constituents there in the room. Uh, we overflowed the room down the hallway. There sure wasn't did. a spot left for anybody we to sure stand. Did. And you were a wow. Well, <laughs> okay. well, I tried I tried to talk over uh, the hors d'oeuvres and the animals. That's what I tried to talk <laughs> over. Um, it was well, very interesting. It was great. It was, and it was and it, it was, was really great. wonderful, and I found myself being able to recount a story of uh, of uh, flying in uh, just one day earlier, and and a flight attendant who was said to me just in sum for my listeners, um, 
Mm -hmm. uh, They asked why I was going back, and I said, I'm going back to speak on behalf of AHA and the Humane Conservation Initiative. And this woman said, well, what do you think about SeaWorld? Do you you know anything about SeaWorld? I said, I know everything about SeaWorld. (laughs) I know everything. And she said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, this is what I think. And she said, "Mm, yeah, no, no, I don't think we need uh, animals uh, in human care anymore. I think we're able to learn everything we... uh, from films and television. And I said, oh. I said, really? And I said, uh, I said, did you learn what you, how did you come to love animals? And she says, well, I went to SeaWorld. And I said, <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I'm going to take my Diet Coke and go back to my seat now. Thank you very much for proving my, for proving my point, you foolish, foolish creature. But, uh, you know, again, I think coming, coming from a, a good place, but simply a misguided and, and, and uninformed place. But I, I, it was yeah. a, a very interesting experience, Robin, to, to yeah. speak uh, over that much noise. And I, I do love the fact that we did have a congressperson who came right before me who had been a school teacher who said to the entire <laughs> room, I was a school teacher. You all just settled down. <laughs> and was I, quite something. He, he was, was amazing. He was wonderful. And and, and Virginia Fox. And they looked up and they went, uh-huh. And then they just went right back to eating. But was what was fabulous is that there were so many people there that I know we touched so many people. It's great that yeah. you know that the interns were having were having a dinner, but I know we touched so many people. So that, if I have explained it correctly, is the Humane Conservation Initiative. Have I missed anything? Well, we have an incredible white paper that I think for those listeners that want to take a deeper dive into it, I encourage them to visit humaneconservation.org and download the white paper that's called Arcs of Hope, Ambassadors for Animals. And it goes into the background of our sixth mass extinction where we're going to have up to 100 times greater uh, loss of animal species since 1900. And this is really a significant, uh, a significant issue for all of us who love animals, who love uh, the biodiversity of our great Earth, our great planet. Uh, we need to understand that these issues are not about, as the extremists like to say, animals in captivity. It's about animals in human care and our stewardship responsibility to ensure, it's actually our moral obligation to preserve wild and endangered animals. And we have to come to terms with the fact there is no nature really left. So we must do the best we can with science and evidence-based practices and this new program, which is the gold standard for animal care in zoos and aquariums. We need to do as much as possible to save these incredible species that our Earth has been blessed with. And we've got a lot more work to do. And I think those that are misinformed are causing for poor public policy to be written, which is only increasing the uh, the human error that we've made in terms of causing this mass extinction. So well, we've got a lot of work to do to educate. It's true and, and to change and, policy. And I I I, I th- misinformed absolutely. And I would I would say misinformed for the lay individual. Um, those who mm-hmm. are in charge of certain programs who are not misinformed, they are simply selfish. Mm-hmm. And I can say that. Because it's my show, and I've said, and I've said far, <laughs> far, far worse. But I do. I think. I think there's an element of greed that comes with animal activism, not animal advocacy. Because trust me, mm-hmm. um, every listeners, every zoological in, in, individual that I've met, pretty much, 
uh, is not in it for the money. They are not paid. Right. They 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 they're not living in McMansions. They are not living high high. Uh, you know they're they're, they're not. They're, they're, they're not wealthy by any stretch. They are paid a pittance compared to what most people think that they are paid. And they are doing it solely for the love of animals. They work in rain, snow, sleet, and, 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 and burning heat. And they care for these animals because that's, in, that's what's in their hearts. Um, so I would say there's a degree of greed, selfishness, and, 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 and a bit of hunger for power and control uh, in the animal activist community. Because logic, intellect, knowledge dictates otherwise dictates advocacy and robin you you say you have said almost word for word what i what i say on this show all the time and that is there is there are no more wild spaces it is simple it's as simple as that asking for these animals to be released from um pristine conditions in most cases you know again we're not talking about our roadside attractions but we're talking about our aza zaa uh, American Humane Association Conservation Initiative, uh, a, a humane conservation uh, accredited facilities. They take wonderful care of their animals, and asking for them, demanding for their release, is is essentially uh, a death sentence, and that is a form of a very twisted morality. Better dead than in captivity. That is PETA's creed, and that is what we are constantly fighting against on this show. And it is it is hu- the human care that these animals receive is is the non of excellence and. And I will say that, again, something that I say all the time on this show is that if we knew then what we know now, perhaps even 100 years ago, we might have been able to change mm-hmm. the course of human-animal interaction if we had kept a lid on the population in this plan- uh, of, of this planet, if we had understood that rhino horn and, and, and elephant tusk are not... They're not uh, medicinal. Perp- they should not be used for medicinal purposes. Shark fin soup does nothing for you, et cetera, et cetera. We might have been able to turn to take a to take a different course, to mm-hmm. take a different road, but we didn't. And so, zoos, zoological institutions now are not simply places for dads to take their kids on Saturday when the wives are at the spa. They are now arcs. They are the last bastion of hope. They are the last best hope for 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 ev- for every animal. Every animal, every animal on the planet. That's that, and, and that's what AHA is. That's what AHA is all about. And this humane conservation initiative, taking the animals' perspective and saying, you know what? It doesn't matter that little Billy or Timmy right now can't see that, you know, wildebeest. The wildebeest needs to be mm-hmm. away right now, and it is doing its own thing at you know from the hours of two to four. And this is in its in its natural habitat. This is what it does. We're not going to put it on display. Where we are thinking uh, from the mind of the wildebeest or the aardvark or the antelope or the elephant, and that is that's an extraordinary step. It's just it makes it it. I think I I think it takes our human morality. I think it just up levels it. it, 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 it you know, fifteen thousand steps. I really do, and we and we have four. Absolutely. We had we were able to debut with four accredited institutions that have already become humane uh, humane conservation uh, humane humane conservators that have already that have already become accredited with that with that seal. Yes. That's right. Oh, and I'm so thrilled that you brought that up because we were so proud on Capitol Hill with you, Carolyn, to announce the first four American Humane Certified Facilities for Humane Conservation, and that's Shed Aquarium, 
Brookfield, you know, Zoo, which is the Chicago Zoological Society, Vancouver Aquarium, and Delphinus, uh, which is an incredible dolphin swim interaction, incredible opportunity to have hands-on interaction with these beautiful creatures. I love these four facilities because they're leaderships committed to animal welfare as job one. And these groups not only treat their animals beautifully, they have some incredibly exciting research initiatives where they're actually reintroducing animals to the wild and really saving lives every day. Right. Now, we have a dozen more already in queue around the world that yes. are seeking to be Wonderful. certified by American Humane. Wonderful. Is that not Wonderful. exciting? And, and, and I think one of, the, one of the key things you just said is around the world. This is not simply a, a, a national initiative. This is international. This is going global. Yes. In fact, I head to China in September to work on their institutions because I think that is where we really have a lot of work to do. So wish me luck, (laughs) Carolyn, because I'll be off there. Trying to change hearts and minds. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not working, really I'll go with you. If I'm not working, I'll go Thank with you. Thank you. I've already. It's interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've, been, I was asked by all four institutions when I was on the hill to, uh, to come and play. And believe me, I'm, I'm heading, I'm heading to the shed aquarium. I'm going up to, I'm going to Mexico. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Wonderful. I'm actually making plans. Believe it or not, Andrea, I just, I just uh, am booking my plane tickets today. I'm going back to Lek, to Lek Chilert, to the Elephant, oh. Elephant Nature Park. In in Thailand and spending uh, spending my Christmas in Thailand petting elephants, but I may stop in. Aww. I may stop over in Chicago, and then this is apropos of absolutely nothing. I just feel like saying it. I got the word. I'm riding in the Rose Parade. <laughs> you are! Yay! Congratulations! Awesome! <laughs> I mean. Awesome, you talk awesome. you talk about a non sequitur. You talk about just absolutely <laughs> flying off into space. The only the only reason that I that I say that is A, I have to be back here on January first, but I'm also writing in the Lucy Pet Foundation. Uh, I'm writing I'm Yay. writing on Joey Herrick's float, uh, which is and Joey Herrick is is a wonderful friend of the show. Has uh they have they have the longest they they're gonna have the longest float uh, ever. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be one for the record books, and uh, it's going to have surfing dogs on it. So there you go. That's that's oh. that's my that's my that's my tangent. Um, so much fun. Wonderful. So well, much but fun. but still, if I'm if I'm not working, if I'm able to go to China, I'll go. So Yay. so that's so uh, you may you may have a, you, you may have a companion. I am I am so honored to be a part of this initiative, and and as as AHA knows, anything anything I can do to help. Andrea, let's talk a little bit about something that's coming actually actually coming up, I believe, in September. Um, might be October. No, September. Uh, September. Uh, and that is the Hero Dog Awards. Take it away. I'm going to have a oh piece of chocolate. Gosh. Yes, this, uh, this is coming up September 10th. Um, but this is American Humane Association's Hero Dog Awards, their annual event. That searches out and recognizes America's hero dogs, dogs who have spent their lives on the battlefield. They have been therapy dogs uh, to their human companion or just everyday ordinary dogs who just do extraordinary things. And this morning, Robin, I was I was looking at the site, looking at the dogs who are up for nominations in the uh, eight categories. And I was so excited when I actually recognized one of them because I do follow Marley's Mutts on Facebook. And Booch, <laughs> Booch is famous uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. He is the most one of the most fascinating dogs. 
uh, his, mm-hmm. I mean, all their stories will break. Well, you. yeah, mean, but I, will. yeah, but I was reading them last night and, and I'm glad <laughs> I, 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 I must tell you this. I'm glad Andrea is talking about this. Cause I would, well, you, you just, you just go. Andrea. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I'm famous for crying and I'd start. You crying are. Again. Yeah, and, and, and each of their stories, will, you know, just touched you in such a way. But what these animals do, not only for the human companion, but for America, is mm-hmm. to bring us together as a country and go, this is what's right. I mean, these animals are doing a selfless, a selfless act to help us. Just like our men and women of the military, they are choosing to put their lives on, you know, on the line for us so we can enjoy our freedom. And so what this awards, your awards, and I'd like you to tell us about the awards, is just such a neat event that the American public can vote for. I, before yes. b- before you start, before you start, Robin, I, because, you know, when I, I do tend toward the theatrical, um, I, would in, I would advise all of our listeners, I would encourage you to uh, go on to the AHA website, uh, search out uh, American Hero Dog Awards, and look up Hooch. Because while I cannot bring myself to describe what this dog went through, it's very much like little Mary, El- Mary Ellen Evans. Mm-hmm. And why I can't, I, I just, I, I, normally I don't have a tough time talking about, about some of the horrors. Well, actually, that's not true. I have a tough time t- t- talking about it all the time. But um, what this dog has gone through, uh, what might be of interest to people, and if it doesn't uh, bowl you over, as to what this dog had to endure, uh, then you need a heart check. You need to go to your cardiologist. Um, so I, I strongly advise, I, I'm going to advise everybody to go onto the AHA website anyway and look at everything. But, uh, but to check out the Hero Dog Awards and check out Hooch. So, Robin, again, tell us, tell us a little bit more about, about uh, the Hero Dog Awards. Well, this is our sixth year of celebrating heroes on both ends of the leash. And, and as you said, each of these stories are so inspiring, so heartwarming and heart-wrenching at the same time. But at the end of the day, what I love about this is, as you've said, this is really represents the best values of America. It's, it's unconditional love. It's courage. It's honor. It's integrity. This is what makes America so very special and why I'm so honored to do this work. We're able to bring up these dog stories of, of what they've been through, of what they've uh, survived, of their incredible example in their home communities, and we're able to bring them out every year. It's really it's a contest that's interesting. It's based on uh, dogs being nominated all across our country. They can be nominated from from any any hometown in our country. And then what I love about it is America votes. Just like we get to vote in political processes, we actually get to vote. We open it up for voting in all eight working dog categories, and then the finalists are selected based on vote counts. And then we're able to bring those finalists to America so Americans can choose their American hero dog. And so uh, on September 10th in Beverly Hills, where we'll have a red carpet, these dogs and their owners will be flown in. There'll be lots of paparazzi everywhere taking their photos <laughs> and celebrating them as celebrities that they are so deserving. I, uh, and they get the 
Because you get the Hollywood lifestyle, Carol, and then they deserve this. And listen, you know, I'm going, so I'm going to be there. Are you kidding? But I'm going to I'm going to throw down that gauntlet, and I'm going to say I think we should have a Dalmatian spotted carpet. That's what okay, I think. I love that. That's what I I think we should have a Dalmatian spotted carpet. That's what I think. <laughs> well, it, it may not stay. It may not stay that exact. You know, right. you know these carpets do have to be dry cleaned well, after that's this true. experience. Soon. That's I'm just very saying. True. <laughs> no, but, I'm going. To, I'm going to be there do, for we both do nights. Do it upright. Oh. I'm so glad, Carolyn. I, I want you to be my guest at the Hero Dog Awards. It's September 10th in Beverly Hills, and you can visit HeroDogAwards.org site for your listeners to get tickets to come and support. All proceeds go to our life-saving mission of American Humane, and we use this as an incredible opportunity to educate millions of Americans every year as to what a law enforcement dog does in our communities. What's a therapy dog? What's a guide or hearing dog? What's a search and rescue dog, an arson dog, a service dog, a military dog? And I tell you, there's this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really have an entire night devoted to celebrating the unconditional love of animals in our lives. And I love it. It's my most favorite night of the year. I get to go there and spend it with our, our friends who champion animals. And, and at the same time, we all smile together. We cry together. We oh, cheer together. Yeah. And it's the results of these very special uh uh, animals and the humans at the other ends of the leash that we're paying tribute to. It exactly. is the best award show in Hollywood, bar none. Bar none. I, that would be bark none. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very much. No, it's going to be a waterproof mascara night for me. I can I can guarantee you that. Um, I want I want to talk about. I just I just I just leveled Andrea. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about uh, no animals were harmed, but before I do that, there's uh, there's another uh, factory farming is we 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 are such uh, an advocate for uh, humane factory humane humane farming with uh, with our uh, mass produced meat products in this country eggs meat dairy you name it and the American Humane Association I was so excited to discover this AHA. Is is one is one of is on, is on the forefront. You are on the vanguard of making sure that factory farming huma- uh, practices are absolutely humane. But you also have a list of humane practice factory farmers and humane providers. And so anybody who is interested in eating, it's because I, I always say, you know what, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not necessarily a carnivore, but what I am is a cruelty freegan. And I have copywritten that mm-hmm. t- title. You show me. A, <laughs> I love that. You, sh- you show me a happy cow, and I will eat that cow. Mm-hmm. You show me a, because I do understand the logic of the food chain. I I get it. That 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 mm-hmm. I do get. I you know listen. I would love it if we were all herbivores, but then our cow, our planet would be overrun with methane. It's as simple as that. So mm-hmm. so I do mm-hmm. get it. But eat cruelty free, and you provide a list again on the AHA website. And we're, uh, listeners, for my listeners, That's we're right. going to have all these, all these sites, all the links. Everything is going to be up. Please go to the page. But log on. Mm-hmm. And if you want to eat cruelty-free, there it is. You can order from these places. All these places are online. You can order your meat in. It costs. It might cost a little bit for shipping. It might cost a little bit more. But trust me, to eat with a healthy conscience is... <laughs> Trust me, you can put your head down on the pillow at night and and go to sleep saying, "Okay, I I ate a happy cow." Um, 
and and you and you have the humane table. You have humane chefs. You've got humane recipes. You have a whole coalition of people that are geared toward. They are they are dedicated toward making cruelty free products available, accessible. What are you going to do with them? They've, you've got recipes. It's a it's an amazing page on your site. Thank you, and I'm so glad that, that you brought this subject up because. You know, uh, in our country, we have been blessed as a country, when you look around the world, with a, uh, a very ethical food supply, a, uh, a safe and affordable food supply, and increasingly, because of uh, this program at American Humane, which is the first to enter this space in this country, increasingly this food supply is becoming humane. And for those of us that uh, like choice on our dinner tables, uh, on terms of what we serve, this is an very important, uh, very important area, and it's a tough area to work in. We were the first uh, institution in this country to create humane standards rooted in solid science and evidence-based practices, and this effort was led by a group of scientific advisors who are experts in this, including Dr. Temple Grandin, who everybody knows about. Of she course. helped to uh, be on the forefront of this program as we, and, and so many other notable leading scientists in the space who joined forces with the American Humane to develop these standards. Our standards allow for complete transparency of what it is to raise animals humanely on farms and ranches. And what this means is that it doesn't matter the size of the farm. It doesn't matter if it's a large, modern, intensive farming system or a small family farm. What it says, first and foremost, is that all animals deserve to be humanely treated. All animals. And so you can visit humaneheartland.org or connect to our American Humane main website and see every single standard that we have, very transparent. See our scientists who actually develop these standards that evolve. And it, again, it provides the gold standard of animal welfare for animals on uh, farms and ranches in this country. And we're really proud of this program, proud of how it's changed the conversation about humanely treating farm animals uh, in our country, because this program began back in the year 2000, well before people were talking about it. So it's been the oldest one in this country. Right, exactly. When people didn't care where their bologna came from, it, they just, it just, it just, it, it, it simply didn't matter. Well, I am so excited now because I can no, I no longer have to walk into Whole Foods and hold up a chicken and look at the butcher and say, "Did this chicken have a happy life? Tell me about this chicken." Mm-hmm. And the butcher kind of looks at me and goes, "Yeah, yeah, 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 sure, dude. Yeah, oh yeah, I was, oh yes, it was, it, you know, had three drinks, three squares a day, and a couple of cocktails at night. I mean, you know, come on." They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. So it's yeah. so exciting for me because now I had there was a period where I hadn't brought meat into the house for a couple of years because I trusted no one. I simply wasn't. That was mm-hmm. my own little my tiny little protest. I got I got farm fresh eggs mm-hmm. from a woman that I know who lives in my area, but I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't bringing meat into the house, and now I can, and I can and I can rest my head easy on the pillow at night. So. Listeners, if you want to do that, if you if you are of a mind to be conscious in your consumption, please, please go onto the AHA website um, uh, and 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 check out check out the Humane Certified Program. So if that's that, and if, just it's, it's what what you do is limitless, Robin. What you do is simply oh, limitless. Well. And now now we're going to come as as we wrap up to one of the programs that is. Uh, 
closest to my heart, and that is no animals were harmed in the making of this whatever. And you Mm -hmm. have set in place guidelines, standards for our animal friends on set, on film, in film, television, I would even assume maybe even stage. Uh, if, if sometimes if an animal's if an animal has to be used on stage, possibly yes, possibly no, but certainly anything that is lensed, film and television, and you've got you have set in place guidelines. And if you want, we the, have, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And Carolyn, I'm so glad because this is near and dear, I know, to your heart, given your amazing career. And I know we've been on many sets with you too, which is yes, wonderful for you to see the program in action. Yes, you have. And believe me, the animals, the animal trainers, <laughs> are nonplussed when they when when I walk over and I say, <laughs> "Do you use positive reinforcement training?" It's like, who the who the hell is this actress walking over and saying, "Okay, it's like, yes, yeah, yeah." Do you? Because if you don't, I'm gonna come down on you like the hammer of God, and I will call. Because I know people, I know people, and if you don't, and if you do, and fortunately, I have been on sets where everyone says, "Oh yes, oh yes," and I've seen it. And when they hand over the animal yeah. to me, I watch what I watch what they're doing with the clickers, and I watch this and this and this, and you know, mm-hmm. again, I can't, I can't, no, we can't monitor what happens when they take those animals away. But those animals are always in pristine condition. They're loving and wonderful. There, I've never seen an animal tremble with fear. Nothing. So I've I've been very lucky. But believe me, <laughs> the AHA isn't the it's not the only pair of eyes on that set looking at that animal. It's now it's me. It's like, <laughs> That's uh-huh. wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, I tell you, this program has such an incredible legacy. It was founded. Uh, 76 years ago now, uh, we just celebrated our 75th anniversary last year. Uh, we're so proud of the fact that this was created because back in 1939, there was a movie made called Jesse James, oh. where a horse was driven off a cliff and to its death for the sake of making that Western. And folks like Henry Fonda stood up and said, wait a minute, we need to end this abuse in Hollywood for the making of a movie, we need to get American Humane here. So our Hollywood office opened up in 1940, and since 1940, we have been on the front lines of animal welfare for the entertainment industry. Uh, we're now on so many sets. In fact, the top movies of the year, we were on all those sets. The top four movies of this year, we've been on all those sets. We're on sets around the globe. In fact, today, we're, I think, in 20 countries today working on sets for commercials and filmed entertainment. Uh, we're not on reality TV, though. That's an area that we've got to work on, Carolyn. We've got to get into reality TV. They don't currently have us on their sets, and that makes me very sad for those animals. Well, I know some people but on we're reality on... TV. I know, I, know, I know some producers, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a little chat. I'll make, I'll make some yeah, phone calls. We, we, you bet I will. <laughs> we've got to get in there. You we bet gotta I will. We've got to get in there. And, and, you know, but I love this is that, you know, the standards are scientifically based. Uh, we have ethicists reviewing these standards. So honored that our scientific advisor stepped up to create these standards of animals working safely in film and entertainment. And what I hear from human actors all the time is that the animals were safer than they were in making a film. <laughs> and they had a, a much more comfortable day than some of the humans in, in some oh, of these yeah. you know, outdoor film environments. So, oh, yeah. you know, the animals are well-treated. Please, <laughs> please. It's like, can I just crawl into that kennel with you? Because that's air conditioned, that's and my trailer has, you know, <laughs> the porta potty's backed up, and there's and 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 I've got that's heat blowing in a hundred. Yeah, please, it's not, it's not, it's. Um, 
doing even more for animals. When it comes to safety on the set, nothing is too good for our favorite animal co-stars on the big and small screens. Over the And this is interesting mm-hmm. because these initiatives, what I'm about to read, has happened over the past two years. Over the past two years, and right now we're making major enhancements to further improve our 99.98% safety record for animals on set. Here are four of them. In sum, the creation of the first ever scientific advisory committee. Global experts in mm-hmm. animal welfare who are reser- who are reviewing our comprehensive and science-based guidelines for the safe use of animals in filmed media. You've brought Dr. Kwanye Qu- uh, um, uh, Stewart on, who is a respected mm-hmm. veterinarian to head the program. Um, you've, mm-hmm. you've ha- you have posted positions to hire licensed veterinarians to serve as our certified re- re- safety representatives and place them in geographic areas across the country where high volumes of filmmaking occurs, including Texas, New Mexico, New York, and Louisiana, and mm-hmm. uh, to maintain our longstanding legacy of accountability and to prevent as far as is humanly possible even rare mishaps on set, we have instituted a policy to commission an independent third-party investigation to find out what happens so that we may prevent as much as is possible reoccurrences of serious incidents. Well, I I just, you know, I I think as as humanly possible, you are taking it to the nth degree and and making sure that, that, well, it's, well, I, and I'll say we, I'll just say we, we, are are the are the voice of the voiceless and, and because listen I, trust me I know you want to get that shot you and and the actors will the actors will push themselves to to the limits that they can do but they have a choice they have a choice in whether or not to push themselves or to say you know what I can't jump off this cliff or I can't do this or I don't want to be tripped up or this is a stunt that I don't want to do etc but the animals don't and so. So I am I'm thrilled whenever I see uh, an, an AHA representative on on a set. In fact, I, I I go to the producers and I say, "Where's the AHA representative?" If I'm if I if I'm working with an animal, I can't watch. It's so interesting because uh, what is it? The Revenant. There was a the, the trailer for the Revenant, the, the DiCaprio film. I saw a horse go off a cliff, and I know it's CGI, mm-hmm. and I wasn't interested. I did not see that film. I just yeah. and and I I I, I, I don't need to, I don't need to see it. I've seen so much. I can't yeah. watch John Ford movies anymore. I can't watch certain movies yeah. where I know that horses have been tripped up by wires. I know that yeah. uh, things that, that I mean, a horse jump off off a cliff. My goodness, you just feel like the, the, the humanity takes a, takes a step backward every time that that happens, and I mean a big step backward. So yes. Uh, yes. we are, we have, I think, gone over, have we gone over, Tony, a little bit? But you're going you're gonna to air the whole show, aren't you? Yeah, okay, I love you, I love you. Tony Sweet, the handsomest man in radio, my producer, ladies and gentlemen, who is, um, who has, how much have you learned by listening to all of these shows? How much have you learned? A lot. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We've changed at least one hearts and mi- heart, heart and mind sitting right here. So, um, mm. Robin, we are we are over time, but i got to tell you something. This has been an amazing interview. I thank you so, so much for coming on and talking about it. Let me just read the mission statement of the AHA, which I... Uh, I have, I, I have it here. It's the first thing, it's the first thing that I have, and I can't find it. Yes, the, it's it's the mission statement is is so simple, it's so pure, it's so direct. The mission of the American Humane Association is to ensure the welfare, wellness, and well being of children and animals, and to unleash the full potential of the bond between humans and animals to the mutual benefit of both. Since 1877, folks, 1877, that mission statement is, prob- is, is possibly, I think, the most noble that I've ever heard 
of any organization anywhere. And I am, again, humbled to, uh, to have asked to be even a, f- a fractional part of it. Robin, will you come on the show again, please, and keep us updated? Oh, I, I would be thrilled, Carolyn, and thank you truly from all of us at American Humane for your service to our mission as one of our celebrity ambassadors. We're honored and proud to know you. Well, it's right back at you, my dear, right back at you, <laughs> tenfold. So, uh, listeners, we've had Robin Ganser, please spread this, spread the word about this show, spread the word about this particular episode, because uh, where, if you, if you and, and donate, donate to the AHA. This is where, if you have a few extra shekels, um, just put send them send them the way of the American Humane Association. The good that they are doing is is nothing short of miraculous uh, for our for our animals on set, for our animals in factory farms, for our returning vets. Um, a- again, as Robin says, at both en- both ends of the leash, and and for and for children, for they they give an incredible voice to the voiceless. So help in any way you can. Again, all of our links will be up on the site. Go to the American Humane Association site. I just can't speak about it enough. And buy Nina chocolate. So there you go. Again, www.nina with an H in front of it, gourmet.com. List my, my promo code animal20 for my listeners. Again, donating to the AHA and buying a box of chocolate. If you do nothing else for yourself today or in the coming week, this, this will let you sleep well. Uh, so again, Thank you for being with us for this episode of Animal Magnetism. Andrea, thank you so much. Enjoy your, enjoy your beautiful day up in Seattle. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Robin, enjoy the rest of your fabulous Sunday on the Hill. Thank you. And Tony Sweet, thank you so much for being with me again, as always. Listeners, in everything you do as you move through life, always attempt to cultivate the preservationist heart. We will see you in two weeks. I'm Carolyn Hennessy. Bye-bye. Something tells me it's all happening at the zoo. I do believe it, I do believe it's true The monkeys stand for honesty, giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly but they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionaries and